You're listening to the Eastside Church Podcast, and we appreciate you joining us. Let's listen in to a message from Pastor Alex Barefoot. You got your Bibles open to Daniel. This morning is going to be a, it's a great message. It's a, it's a, it's a fundamental message. It's easy. And the good news is this. I got good news. Jesus is Lord. <laughs> Jesus is Lord of all. He is still El Shaddai, El Shaddai, the most high God. That's who he is. He's El Shaddai. And, uh. On this election eve week, Brandon kind of hit on it last week, and um, I'm just going to dive in a little bit. How many of you have already voted? Raise your hand. That is amazing. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Congratulations on doing that. Your voice has now been heard. We live in an incredible nation that allows our voice to be heard somewhere other than Facebook where it actually counts. Not on Facebook. The actual voting booth is, is where, where it counts. And there's a story in Daniel about, about Nebuchadnezzar. And it's a, it's a fantastic story. And I, and I want us to see several aspects of that story uh, beginning with the fact that that God brings correction through troubling circumstances. Say, say that to somebody beside you. God brings correction through troubling circumstances. Somebody say hallelujah. We've got an we've got a opportunity to, to be corrected. How many know correction is not bad? You know, we, we don't like to be corrected. But when you're corrected by God, what happens is you actually get on the right path. He, he takes you from a place of misguided steps to a place of right stepping. That's what correction is. He, he didn't come to condemn you. He came to make you right. And so correction from God is not a negative thing. So let's get that out of our mind's eye and watch the attitude that we see in Daniel. How many know the story of Daniel? You know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his buddies, all of them were there. Daniel lived, just a, few, a little bit of history, Daniel lived for, uh, during the lives of three kings, three kings in Babylon. And he, he, uh, uh, they, they came and went, and Daniel's still there serving the Lord in that 70-year period of captivity. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into Nebuchadnezzar's hand. Now, you need to see that. The Lord gave the king of the promised people into the hand of the enemy. Boy, that's... <laughs> and he even took some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God, small g, and he brought the articles into the treasure house of God. So what I wanted you to see with that is sometimes God brings uh, 
correction through troubling circumstances. Who's he going to correct? He's correcting Israel right now in this whole story. He's correcting Israel, but he's also going to correct Nebuchadnezzar. So the second thing I want you to see is that God works in both believers and unbelievers to bring about his plan. He's going to bring about, about his plan regardless of whether you're a believer or not. And you're going to see God correct Nebuchadnezzar to get him to a place whether he, where he has understanding as a leader of what God's role is in his life and in his kingdom. And then you're going to see a son take over later in the story if you go home and read it about a son who didn't learn the lessons that his father was taught right before his eyes. And so when we look at the correction, we need to look at it over our seven-year period where God is correcting Israel, but he's also trying to save the nation of Babylon. He's not just in it for Israel. He's in it for the Jew and the Gentile. God's heart is that none should perish, but that everybody would have everlasting life, right? And so that's that's what you see here. So God works through believers and unbelievers as well. So in, uh, in, in chapter 2, verse 20, Nebuchadnezzar's had a dream, and he calls all the magicians and all his sorcery people <laughs> to come in and interpret the dream and, and, and to tell him the dream, and nobody can do it. And then he hears about Daniel. Daniel brought in for this specific purpose, Daniel comes in and, and he answers, but what's key is, is the prophetic word and the understanding that Daniel had about the role of God in, in, in the life of a nation. Well, we've got to understand that God has a role in the life of this nation. So I just want to get you to relax real quick. Most of us have, have voiced our opinion. Most of us have voted. And so you've done what you could. And now you've got to relax and realize that it's in the hands of God. There's no one going to be elected that wasn't chosen by God. God's man will be president. Because... The president, whether we like it or not, I like that wrote, whether we like it or not, it's just true. But look at what Daniel said. Daniel answers and he says, he begins to pray before the Lord. He says, blessed be the name of God forever and ever. Be the character and the nature and the attributes of God forever and ever. For wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. Who does this? El Shaddai does this. He removes kings and raises up kings. Who does it? El Shaddai does it. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and might. You have You have now made known to me what we ask of you, for you have made known to us the king's demand. 
I love the thought that Daniel is not confused who's in charge. He's not confused. I'm reminded as we get back from the men's retreat, I'm reminded of all the people who had predetermined in their heart their behavior before they were tested. I'm reminded at Daniel's behavior that he's not willing to give up his righteousness, his, his, his relationship with God, his, his, his willingness to commit to the character and emulate his God for anything, even including the king. He says, I'm not going to adapt to your policies. I'm going to stand firm on the established principles of God. I was reminded this week of Joseph. Joseph, even being imprisoned, even being falsely accused, all the things that even his brothers hating him, throwing him in a pit, selling him into slavery, all the awful things that happened to Joseph. It says about Joseph that he predetermined in his heart that he wasn't going to sin against God. He wasn't going to change his policies based on the policies that was trying to be established, including Potiphar's wife, who was trying to get him to go down a path that was contrary to the ways of God. It's interesting to me how easily deceived and how a culture would have you adapt sexual policies that are contrary to the Word of God. And the question is, are we going to stand firm on the policies of God when it comes to those kind of things? Joseph was one of those. And so if we see that prayer in, 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 in chapter 2, and we see that, that, that Nebuchadnezzar actually gets an answer to that prayer, uh, into that, to, that, to that dream and that vision. And then later on down the road, there's this, there's this uh, controversy between Daniel, who he has elevated in, in government. Y'all going to have to read the story. If you don't know the story, uh, this might be a lot of information. Daniel gets elevated. He gets promoted and he gets put in charge. And these guys don't like that Daniel got put in charge. It was the Republicans and the Democrats uh, fighting one another is what it was back in the day. And uh, one of the other parties didn't like Daniel being in charge. And so they started making up stuff against him. And, and then tried to, and then, then they tried to get him to, to, to do something that was contrary to his way. And that is to worship another God. And Daniel refused to worship another god or do things in a way that was contrary to Scripture. And, and I mean, excuse me, the, 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 the three Hebrew boys, the friends of Daniel, and they throw him in the fiery furnace, right? And, the, and, then, and then Jesus is in the fiery furnace, right? And then Nebuchadnezzar sees Jesus in the furnace with these boys after they have said, you know, our God is able to deliver me from your hand, O king. And, and, and Nebuchadnezzar is happy. He didn't want to throw them in. But anyhow, this is, I just want to give you the, in this process, you see Nebuchadnezzar coming around a little bit to, to the truth of who God is and what it means in his kingdom. So in verse 28 of chapter 3, it says this, Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel, capital A, 
and delivered his servants who trusted in him, and they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Nebuchadnezzar is testifying to this. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God. And then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. And then Nebuchadnezzar gets another dream. Now, what I want you to see is this ebb and flow of Nebuchadnezzar because it's so real. And this is not going to be real preachy. I'm just trying to get down to some nitty-gritty stuff, some truths that we really need to grab a hold of during this political upheaval kind of thing that we got going on. Nebuchadnezzar's ebbing and flowing. In, in one moment, he, he he's, thinks he's in charge. And then he gets a vision and a dream. And, and then he kind of comes out of that a little bit and actually gets some reality about God. And then somebody talks him into this idea and he, he makes a, a golden image and it requires everybody to bow down to his golden image. And so he drifts back over here and he's back in, in a way of thinking that's contrary to God. And, and then he, he risks the lives of these three guys that he really respects because he has made a decree and he can't reverse that decree. And then he rejoices in the fact that they were saved. And then he, and then he, begin, and then he praises God and then he makes a decree that says, we're going to protect the belief system of, of, of Israel. And anybody that comes against the belief system of Israel, I'm going to cut in pieces. That'll get your attention. So he has this, he has this epiphany, and he's ebbing and flowing as God is trying to get his attention. So, so I'm going to read a good portion of chapter 4. So this is going to be a lot of reading. And you all just got to understand that in the old days, they'd just get up and read the Bible. And all the people would rejoice. So we're going to read a lot of scripture because it has so much meat in it. Uh, chapter 4, verse 1, this is Nebuchadnezzar's testimony. Again, to all the peoples, nations, languages that dwell on the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to de- declare the signs and wonders that the most high God, that El Shaddai has worked for me. This is the king. How great are his signs and how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. Somebody say hallelujah. (laughs) Whose dominion? El Shaddai. Who's saying it? King is saying it. And then he gets this dream. He said, I got this dream in verse 18. This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now you, Belshazzar, you declare its interpretation since all the wise men of the kingdom are not able to make known to me the interpretation. But you are able for the spirit of the holy God is in you. 
Let me ask you a question. This is, this is just practical stuff. Now, this is the king who is, who is floundering back from a cultural way of thinking to kingdom way of thinking. He sees the light, and then he walks back in darkness. And there's so many Christians, there's so many people that are unstable in their walk with God. They move back and forth from righteous thinking into uh, grabbing a piece of the world. And that's what Nebuchadnezzar's doing. But you've got to see the heart of God because he wants Nebuchadnezzar to get it. And Nebuchadnezzar says that he recognizes the fact that the Holy Spirit lives in Daniel. Now, let me ask you a question. Can those on Facebook tell that the Holy Spirit lives in you? Can those at work tell and would they say about you and me that the Holy Spirit dwells in you? I can see that, that El Shaddai, the spirit of El Shaddai lives in you. I hope the answer to that question is yes, because that is the desire of God. That's what set Daniel, Meshach, and Abednego, all those kids, all those Hebrew boys, that's what set them apart. What set them apart is their commitment to the ways of God. And people could see that the Holy Spirit lived in them. The same is true for Joseph. You know what it says about Joseph? That while he was in prison, while he was in Potiphar's house, while he was in the dungeon, when he was made administrator of all of Egypt, it says about him that he prospered in everything that he did. And what you see about Daniel, what you see about him, he's saying, he said, I know, I know that you came, Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, you came to Israel, you captured me, you brought me back, you tried to feed me your food, you tried to get me to adapt to your culture, but I refused. I stayed firm in my, in my belief system. I stayed firm in the righteousness of God, and it paid dividends for me, and I still know even though you took me captive, who's your king? In my captivity, I still understand who's in charge. And it doesn't matter what my circumstances are, I still know who's in charge. I know who it looks like's in charge, but I know who really is in charge. It's the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And and Nebuchadnezzar is even vocalizing that to some degree. Verse 9, then Daniel, whose name was Belshazzar, was astonished for a time, and, 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 and his thoughts troubled him. So the king spoke, and he said, Belshazzar, do not let the dream or its interpretation trouble you. Belshazzar answered and said, my Lord, may the dream concern those who hate you, and its interpretation concern your enemies. In other words, this ain't good, brother. That's what that says right there. That's the southern interpretation. This ain't good, brother, right here. This is not good for you. Hope this ain't for you. The tree that you saw, which grew and became strong, was uh, whose height reached to the heavens and which uh, could be seen over all the earth, whose leaves were lovely and its fruit abundant in which was food for all, under which the beasts of the field dwelt, and those branches, the birds of heaven, had their home. It is you, O king, who have grown and become strong, for your greatness has grown and reaches to the heavens, and your dominion to the end of the earth. And inasmuch as the king saw a watcher, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, Chop down the tree and destroy it. 
but leave its stump and roots in the earth, bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field. Let it be wet with the dew of the heaven, and let him graze with the beasts of the field till seven times pass over him. You remember Daniel has already said in this prayer in the, in, in, in the, in the first vision that, uh, or in the vision that, that God is he's in charge of the time. And he's in, he's in charge of it all. Where am I? 21, thank you. Seven times will pass over. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High. That's, that, that, that word Most High is El Shaddai, which has come upon the Lord my king. They shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. And they shall make you eat grass like auction. They shall wet you with dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over you till you know Seven times shall pass over till what? Now, you really need to see this. Till you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whoever he chooses. The whole dream and the whole purpose of this dream is to let Nebuchadnezzar, he's going to go out and he's going to eat grass and he's going to lose his mind. And God is going to make him lose his mind until he realizes that, that it's El Shaddai who establishes presidents. Who's in charge. And it is, he's going to stay in that condition until it comes out his mouth. It's, he's going to have to believe it. And inasmuch as they gave the command to leave the stump and the roots of the tree, your kingdom shall be assured to you after you come to know that heaven rules. When you get it, when you get it, you're going to be restored to God. What was the purpose of the, of, he took the 70 years of captivity for Israel to bring correction to Israel, but he also is bringing correction to Babylon. He's given opportunity. He's given grace to Babylon. He is showing Nebuchadnezzar's son that God's in charge. Now, whether Nebuchadnezzar's son actually gets it, that's up to Nebuchadnezzar's son. But God is giving opportunity for generations to come to him. He's showing them this is the truth. This is the way it is. Therefore, King, let my advice be acceptable to you. Break off your sins. This is the gospel. Break off your sins by being righteous. How do you break off your sins? Be righteous. Start doing right. And your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Perhaps there may be a lengthening of your prosperity. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. This is something I want you to see too. This blows my mind. This dream was given to Nebuchadnezzar. This interpretation came to Nebuchadnezzar. And he went about life as normal. Nothing happened. Nothing changed. As if God was way off, watching from a distance, really wasn't involved in anything. 
and a whole year later, which, which he probably forgot everything that had ever been said by Daniel because nothing really came of it. He was probably really scared for a little bit and then nothing came of it. He was like, whew, I guess I got by that one. Where am I? 30? 29? At the end of the 12 months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke saying, is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling in my mighty power and for the honor of, of my majesty? When was the turning point? The turning point when, was when Nebuchadnezzar said, look what I've done. Look what I did. This applies to all of us. It doesn't just apply to kings. God is trying to get our attention to let us know that we can do nothing without looking to him first. You remember he said in James, he says, don't even say in your mind, we're going to go to this city, we're going to go to that city, we're going to do business, and we're going to make a profit. Don't even say that. Say this, if the Lord wills. We'll go to this city, that city, make a profit. You can't, you can't live this life and, and prosper in kingdom and think that you are the one that's accomplishing the stuff. It is the Spirit of God giving you revelation and vision and, 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 and giving you ideas and, and ability to solve problems. And all those things are supernatural that, that God can establish in you because he wants to anoint you. He wants you to prosper. He, he's for you. He's not against you. But as quickly as you begin to eliminate him from the equation, it's as quickly as those profitability or those things can diminish and disappear. And then you'll be stuck out there all by yourself going, how did I get here? And, and it's going to be evident that it was when you said, look what I have done. Look what I've done. While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. It's departed. It's gone. And they shall drive you from men, and, and, and your dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen. And seven times shall pass over you until you know. <laughs> Here it is. This is the second time. Until you know what? Until you know that El Shaddai rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he chooses. The very hour the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar, he was driven from men and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and the nails like bird claws. And at the end of the time, this is, I love this. This is Nebuchadnezzar. This is another testimony. He's getting up in front of the church right now, and he's going to give you a testimony. I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me. 
And I blessed the Most High. I blessed El Shaddai. And I praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion. And his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, what have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles were restored to me. Somebody say, he's a restorer. Everything he does is restoration and reconciliation. He restored me. I was restored in my kingdom. An excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth and his ways justice. And those who walk in pride, he is able to put down. We don't have to fret. If your man doesn't get elected, you don't have to fret. Please, please do not be moved. Don't be moved. Don't move to the left or to the right. Because God can have either one of them eating out of the backyard <laughs> in the rose garden. Eating crabgrass for four years, whatever time he desires. Yes? Daniel knew it. In captivity, he stayed in the midst with confidence that I'll never alter my belief system because of culture. And I will never Believe that somebody else is in charge other than El Shaddai. He is the one who puts men in place. He is the one that's in charge of how long they're in place. He holds their life in their hands. We are nothing but vapor. He is from everlasting to everlasting. Romans chapter 13, 1 says this, 2, 13, 2. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. God can bring correction through troubling circumstances. He works in both the believer and the unbeliever. He is El Shaddai. He is the Most High God. He is in control of all authority. Amen? And so we are at peace. We're at peace? Yeah. Why don't we stand together? Thanks for joining us today for our podcast. Eastside Church exists to help people encounter Jesus, be equipped to grow and engage their community. For more information, please go to our website at eastsidechurch.co.